Hey, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to be here with the holiday going on and all, but last Sunday uh, was a pretty incredible day uh, here at Cornerstone. If you've been in the room the last few weeks, you know we've been in the middle of a series uh, called End of Days, and uh, originally when we planned everything this year, uh, End of Days was a filler series. It was just supposed to go between two other uh, more, what we thought, more important series, and God just kind of orchestrated that and changed our minds and changed our hearts, and suddenly we were moving end of days to after Easter. It actually kind of became our comeback series for all of our Easter visitors, and uh, so for the past five weeks, we've been having a conversation that says, just what does the Bible say prophetically is still going to happen? What does that look like? And hopefully, if you've been here and been part of it, you've gotten a pretty good idea of what's coming and in a sense of that. Last week, Aaron uh, was wrapping up and he was doing uh, the white throne judgment and just talking about this idea that says, hey, uh, everybody ends up giving account to God at some point, and uh, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, then you'll be here kind of detailing your life out at the white throne judgment. In the process of that conversation, um, 136 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ last week here in services. Yeah. So just really a cool Sunday, a great Sunday. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, at Cornerstone, we are totally committed to anytime someone makes a decision uh, for Christ, marks a card, to following up on that personally. So a phone call or an appointment with them, just to make sure they understand what the decision was. What do you do next? How do you get a great start so you don't make a good decision and then kind of stumble coming out of the gate? And uh, we were committed to doing it. Well, 136 decisions, that, that's a pretty big challenge for us to try to uh, follow up on right now. So here's what we're asking you to do to help us. If you're one of the people who made, one of the 136, who made a decision last week for Christ, or maybe you're someone who just somewhere recently in your life has made that decision, we want to invite you to be back to, uh, next Sunday night, 5 o'clock, uh, in one of the rooms right here on the hallway. Uh, Aaron is, McRae is going to be there. He just wants to have a short conversation with you just to get this thing going the right direction, just to get you started the right way. If you would do that, you would help us tremendously. You're going you're gonna to make it a lot easier to get in contact with all 136 of you. But the cool part is it's going to be helpful for you. It's going to help you real quickly, real succinctly, get a sense of what do I need to do next uh, in my life. So please, 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 if you're one of the 136, mark that on your calendar. Make a point next Sunday evening, 5 o'clock, right there on the hallway. Meet with us. Let us take a few minutes, help you get going the right direction uh, with this thing. Uh, today, uh, we're uh, jumping in just to a, a new conversation together uh, that we're simply calling Famous. So here's my question. Uh, if you were at work, and maybe there's a, a just kind of a little pause in all that's going on, and uh, you, you find a coworker walking over to your desk uh, for a conversation, or, or maybe they stop you in a hallway, and they go, uh, you go to church, right? Or maybe you're in your front yard, and you're planting some flowers, or maybe watering uh, some of your plants, and, and a neighbor comes walking over and says, uh, don't you go to Cornerstone? And, and you say, yeah, I, yeah, I do. And they ask, why? I mean, I mean, why church? I mean, why, why do people do that? What, what's church about? I, I, don't, I mean, is, is it all about a bunch of singing? Is it, is it, is it teaching? Because I'm not sure I'm into the whole listen to someone teach thing. 
You know, is, is it about caring for the poor? Is, is, is it about caring for one another? I mean, what, what, I don't, I'm just trying to figure out how the church even makes sense in the world. I mean, what, what does the church exist for and why church and, and, and what's that all about? How would you answer that question? What would you say to your neighbor, to your coworker, if they asked you, why church? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a few minutes today and just have that conversation. Get ready for that moment uh, when it comes because Jesus actually spells out that answer uh, for us. So grab your Bibles uh, this morning. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 28. Matthew, chapter uh, 28. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and then work to the left, you're going to find this book of Matthew. Uh, it's the first book in what we call the New Testament, part of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew chapter 28. So while you're getting there, let me uh, set this up just a second. Jesus is at the end of his, and this is, this is the last chapter. And uh, in this moment, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says to them, look, 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 uh, everything that you've seen me doing, everything that I've been a part of, Every, everything that, that I have spent the last three and a half years of my life accomplishing, it's yours now. It's your turn. It's your t- I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in heaven. I'm handing it off to you. So picture this. It's almost like the veteran running back on a football team walking over to the rookie and handing him the ball and saying, team's yours. <laughs> it's on you now, son. And Jesus in this simple moment says, I'm leaving, here you go. I'm trusting you to do next what I've been doing so far. So here it is, it's Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. Here's what Jesus says, the church is about. This is, this is what you and I exist for. This is what we are supposed to be about. If it's church, it's the answer to our friends and neighbors, why church? Okay? Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, here's what it says. Then Jesus came to them, talking about the disciples, here's the handoff, and said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. He says, look, I've, I've got the ability to do this. I've got the right to do this. And here's what he says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So you get, you get Jesus says, look, okay, here's the deal. I've done what I was supposed to It's now your moment. I, I am trusting you to do what I have done. But guys, you get this. You get that Christianity is never more than one generation from extinction. That that if you and I don't take this, what God has given us as the church to do, and if we just say, no, my schedule's too busy, I've got other things to do, other, and if you and I don't take the ball, if you and I don't do, Christianity is never more than one generation. You, You ever wonder why? Entire countries that years ago used to have an unbelievable Christian heritage today are hard. And and you can't even find people in their churches. Because somewhere, 
somewhere there was a generation that said, no, I'm not going to carry the ball. And so Jesus then places this trust on you and me. And here's what he says to do. Here's, here's the plan. This is what the church is about. The first thing he says is, look, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Matter of fact, go back with me to verse 19. Here's what it says. Therefore, go. Go. Go tell this incredible story, this unbelievable story. Tell this story to people who are broken. Tell them they can be mended. Go, go to people who are frustrated out of their mind with life and just feel like there are absolutely answers. Say, no, 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 no. There are answers. Go to people who are sinners, which means all of us, and tell them there's a Savior. But go. Go tell this incredible thing, which is why if you've been coming to Cornerstone any length of time at all, we buy billboards. You drive down the free billboards. It's why we mail out mailers to our community, sometimes 70 and 80,000 homes at a time. It's why we do harvest festivals and invite our neighbors onto this campus. It, it, it's why uh, when we're in service together, uh, you hear me say, hey, if you don't know where that is, Go to the back of your Bible and work to the left. Because we just expect that in a normal service at Cornerstone, there will be a bunch of people in the room who haven't figured out God yet. Because we invited them. And, and it's why we say, look, 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 you don't have to agree to everything on the first Sunday. And you don't have to believe everything that we're saying to you. Just stay in the room for the conversation. Because if you'll listen and if you'll keep your heart open, along the way you'll discover that this is true. And that it changes lives. Go. Go tell your neighbors. Go tell your friends. Go tell your aunt. Go tell your uncle. Tell your Tell anybody you can this incredible story about a Savior. Let me ask a question. How many people do you think the average church in America leads to the Lord every year? How many people in the average church in America become Christians? In the average church, every year. Anybody? Any, take a guess. Some, take a guess. How many do you think? Huh? Average church in America, how many people become Christians a year? Five. Well, you got a lot of faith in the church in America. <laughs> what else? Huh? 500. Higher or lower? Lower. All right, what do we think? Somewhere between five and 500? 50. 50 in the average church in America in a year. Any other guesses? Huh? 100. And 150? Okay, 150. 300. You ready? Average church in America every year leads less than two people to Jesus. And anyone hear something that's even more disheartening? Of the less than two people that the average church in America leads to the Lord every single year, most of them are their own children in Sunday school. At Cornerstone, right now, in an average year, we are leading 500 adults to Christ every single year. Yeah. And I'm just, that's a good moment. That's, 
That's part of what you and I have been asked to do. Go, go tell this incredible story. But here's, here's the part you got to get. It can't be just that. Because if all you and I do is win our friends to Christ, if all we do is tell this story and a bunch of people become Christians, then we run the risk okay, of having a bunch of baby believers sitting in a room and being really, really, really sloppy Christians who don't know how to live, don't know how to behave, don't know how to act. So the other shoe down, the other component in this, con the other thing that Jesus says, look, you, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go, is, you ready? You got to grow. You got to grow. You got to grow. Matter of fact, go back to the passage. It's verse 20. Here's what it says. Jesus, um, verse 20, and teaching, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's go to the beginning, verse 18, that'll be easier. All right. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go, we just said that, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ready? And teaching them, okay, ready? To obey everything I have commanded you. So Jesus says, look, look, you're, you're to take everything that I've told you and tell that to everybody that you lead to me. They, they need to know it all. And you need to give them all of it in the deal. Which is why you hear us here talking all the time about, hey, look, uh, three to be. And once you become cornerstone, once you're here for a while, there's kind of a minimum expectation. There's a minimum thing that it means to be on this journey with us. And we say, look, it, it means worshiping one hour, three to be. Worship an hour, grow an hour, serve an hour. And, and that's not the end, that's, that's the beginning when you say, hey, look, I'm here, I'm serious, I'm in, then worship an hour, grow an hour, serve an hour. Because here's the deal. You and I are supposed to grow up to be so radically like Jesus Christ that people around us who don't know God see Jesus in us. And the only way that that can happen is, is that if we learn so much about him and grow to be so much like him, that meeting you and me is like meeting him. And that cannot happen without maturity. It cannot happen if you and I don't grow. So let's just take a survey. Let's just see where we are in the deal. So we, how many of us are committed to growth environments? So here's the question. How many of you on a semi-regular, on a regular basis, go to one of these areas, because we have five places you can grow around here. Uh, you go to the mine. Now, I know it's summer, the mine's not going, but when the mine's on, I go to the mine. Or maybe you go to a small group, or maybe you attend a small church, which is what we call all the classes that we do along that hallway on Sunday. Mine, small group, small church. Men's Bible study, or a women's Bible study. So you routinely go to one of those five. Mine, small group, small church, men's Bible study, women's Bible study. If that's true of you, stand up. I go routinely, routinely go to one of those. Very cool. Good for you guys for doing that. Okay? But here's the answer, and here's what you know. It's not enough. That's not enough. Not if we were serious about growing. How many would agree with me when I say this? The world that you and I live in is dark. How many would say I agree with that? All right, how many would agree with this? 
It is harder to live in this generation than it was the last. It's harder because it's darker. Matter of fact, there are things, there are things I see on TV right now. I didn't see those when I was a kid. There's, there's conversations going on in school that our children, we didn't have those conversations. <laughs> How many would agree with me and say, it is harder to serve God and follow God today than it was when I was a kid because it's darker? How many would agree with that? Okay, so here's the answer. If it's harder, then you and I aren't going to be able to do it if we're only half prepared. If there was ever a moment in which it was absolutely urgent that you and I grow up in Christ, if there was ever a moment that it, it, it wouldn't it be this? And guys, here's the thing. It's probably going to be even harder for our children than it's been for us. And how are our children going to be prepared if their parents are only half cooked? See, it's a big deal. Now add to that, guys, add to that. But if you've been around here the last uh, month or two, you, you realize that what's happening in this room, which is one of the rooms that we grow in together, we've been overflowing. Matter of fact, uh, I think both of the early services today overflowed again, and we've knocked doors out in the back back there, and that room in the back, we're filling it up with people on Sunday mornings as overflow out of this room, okay? But here's the crazy part about it. That whole hallway over there, the place we just stole the room from, is our hallway that's dedicated to adult maturity. That's one of the places that we grow up adults every single Sunday. And for overflow, we just took the largest room we have. We only had three and a half rooms. Now we have two and a half rooms in a church of 6,000. Guys, we're, we're not gonna get this done if we're not careful. I don't know if you guys know this or not, our children's area, our grade school area in particular, and guys, you just need to hear, we're doing amazing stuff in the grade school area. Our kids are getting good, good, good Bible over there, but how many have noticed it's kind of crowded? How many have checked in your kids and you're like, Bah! Okay, this service may be a little immune, but the first two, I mean, it's crazy over there, and here's what, the, here's what they're having to do the first two services of every single Sunday. We have to take, because there's not as many rooms as there are kids, we have to take half of our kids, put them in the big room, so they do the big room experience, the other half of the kids are in the classrooms, then midway through we have to switch it, and the kids that were in the classrooms go to the big room, and the kids in the big room go to the classrooms, because we can't hold them all at once. And so guys, here, here, if we're going to get this done, then part of the answer is uh, we're going to have to knock these walls out eventually. We're going to have to build an adult building to help us grow up adults in this place. We're going to have to build a children's building to be better than ever at growing up children. Because, because, because the church exists, you ready? To make Jesus famous. To tell people who don't know about Jesus yet this incredible story. To tell people who do know Jesus how to know him better. And to be incredibly radical, sold out followers of him. It's why we exist. Make Jesus famous in our generation. Now, in the midst of all that, uh, here's the kicker. Go back to the passage. Read it one more time with me. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. 
Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go, tell this incredible story to anybody, to all nations. You, you, get, you get that Jesus, he didn't say, hey guys, just take on Chandler. That when Jesus handed us the ball, he said, look, you got to take this incredible story. You got to tell people who don't know me about me. You got to tell people who know me how to know me better and grow up and be stronger. But guess what? You get to do this to all nations. Which, guys, there is no way. There's no way that you and I uh, get that done by ourselves. Which is why you and I have chosen to partner in this thing and to not do it by ourselves. And so what you and I have done is we've reached across the world to strategic partners and said, look, we want to help you make Jesus famous. We want to help you lead people to the Lord and tell them this incredible story. We want to help you help Christians become strong, vibrant, mature followers of Christ. So we will leverage part of our resource into you to make Jesus famous. One of those partners that we have is an orphanage in Kenya, Africa called Haruma. And uh, some of you know the Haruma story. I ended up in Haruma about three and a half years ago. And I found myself sitting in this room just surrounded by Kenyan orphans. Now, here's the deal. Orphans in Kenya are rampant. It is, a, it is a crisis within the country of Kenya. Here's why. Because their culture is drastically different. One-third of the kids that are in the orphanage there in Haruma are there because they've been tortured. And guys, when I say tortured... I'm not talking about somebody got mad and gave them the back of their hand. I'm talking about children who have been tortured. So when you go to that room, uh, you find kids who their parents threw gasoline on them and then lit them on fire because they didn't want them anymore. Uh, you find children whose parents thought that a form of discipline was to take them and tie them by the wrists and tie them by the ankles and hang them in a tree for three days. And so the government finally comes in and says, look, 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 you can't treat a dog like that. We're taking your kid away. A third of the kids that are in that orphanage there in Haruma are there because they've been abandoned. The average income in Kenya, Africa is $5,000 a year. And so all of a sudden, taking care of a child becomes a big liability. So it is not uncommon for moms to have their children walk out to a field, lay the baby down, and walk away. They leave them in the gutters. They leave them in trash cans. If they're really being careful, they take them to the police station and hand them off. Or maybe, just maybe, they walk to the orphanage there at Haruma and hand their baby. A third of the children in the orphanage there in Haruma are kids that you and I would truly call orphans. And a lot of that is because of AIDS. And if you know you know that AIDS is rampant in Africa, and so an awful lot of those truly orphaned children, their parents have died because of AIDS and the epidemic that's going on there. And so here I find myself sitting in this room of tortured, abandoned, orphaned children, and this little lady gets up in front, Mama Sapora, and, and you just need to know about Mama. Mama has an eighth grade education, and the only reason she has that good of an education is that after she started the orphanage, she started a school, 
and she went to her own grade school classes in her own school with her own orphan children till she got to the eighth grade. And mama gets up in front of these kids and she says, you have been rescued. And I watched as a sea of little... And she says, you have been rescued by God so that you would know his son, Jesus Christ. And one day you will grow up and you will be educated and you are going to become the leaders of Kenya and change Kenya for God. And a whole room of orphans. And you want to hear the crazy, crazy, crazy part? I found myself sitting in that room going. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, if you had been there and, and if you'd seen, your, your, your head would have been nodding too. And so one of the strategic partnerships, because there's what we know is going on in Haruma, we know that children, orphan children who would have been thrown away, are hearing about Jesus, they're being raised up and matured, and then they're being sent out on mission to change their country for God. So here's the deal. We brought Mama today, and uh, she's in the room, and we just want to spend a few minutes talking to her about what God has laid on her heart and what God is doing through our strategic partner. They are our partner in Kenya and what God's doing there. So would you help me welcome Mama this morning? Yeah, she's vertically <laughs> challenged there. All right. Okay, Mom. All right. So I was just telling them about sitting in one of your little chapel services there at Haruma yeah. and hearing you talk to these kids and saying, look, you've been rescued. You're here to hear about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then you're going to grow up and you're going to go out and be the leaders of Kenya mm -hmm. and change Kenya for God. Yeah. So... What are, what are you doing at the orphanage to get kids ready for that? I mean, what, what's going on at Haruma? You know, this is a story which started long ago when God healed me, and I knew I'll never have more children of my own. And so I asked God for a child, and God brought so many. And <laughs> <laughs> you asked God for one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't not say one. I, I think I did category. Oh. And God did not want to know whether it is one or two. Oh. So he brought one. He brought so many. And so because I wanted not to have an institution, I wanted a home where a child has got a father and a mother and the responsibilities of parents is to raise up children in the ways of God. And when they grow up, they'll never live that way. So since we started, that has been our pattern, that early in the morning, we have to pray all together for that minutes. And then when they go to school, we have to sit with other children from the community and the teachers for one hour praying God. And in the evening before we sleep, 
we also have to take another half an hour. So we have given, out of the 24 hours, we have given God our 10% of two hours every day, speaking about God, because that is the best foundation you can give to a child. Okay, so I want, I want these guys to get with you. So first thing in the morning, yeah. five o'clock in the morning, yeah, yeah. you have these children in a chapel yeah. singing. Yeah. Singing mm -hmm. at five o'clock in the morning. Uh -huh. And I know this because I was trying to sleep. Yeah. Okay. And it's not 30 minutes, Mama. It's yeah. 30 minutes they warm up. It is that a minute. Uh, 30 minutes. Yeah. So then they go to school for a little while and you bring them back for chapel. Sure. And then after that, after school's at nighttime, you bring them back for chapel again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a pastor. I was getting tired of chapel. Okay. But you guys, you guys are just committed to these kids having a spiritual foundation, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so, okay. Uh, lots of chapel. Lots of chapel. Okay. And then, and then you guys have, have started your own school yeah. there on campus. Mm -hmm. And a big part of this is because in Kenya, and it's not like here, yeah. in Kenya, the, the educational system is so, so bad, bad. Yeah. that a kid that goes through probably doesn't know how to read or write yeah. hardly. Sure. And you, you weren't going to send your orphans yeah. into that. Yeah. And so you started a school mm -hmm. right there yeah. uh, on the campus. Yeah. So all of your kids go to school right yeah. there at Haruma. Mm -hmm. This is a long story, too, because me... I am an abused child. My father separated with my father when I was only 12, and I was not able to get what I wanted in education. When God gave me a husband, I promised my heart that my own children will never go to any public school, and I chose for them to go to private institutions. And God blessed us with three children, who have all, like uh, Caroline, who is here with Pastorine and Mama Lisa, has just been her master's, and the others are doing their master's course. And so when God gave me these children, because they were seven, they were not, it was not one, I could not afford to take them to private institution. So I took them to the public sector. But when I compared what they were getting, Lydia, I said, there is nothing I am doing if I want to equip this child. And so, like a joke, we started a school in our kitchen. That is way back in 1993. And it is my prayer. We are giving them the quality education, which they will be able to access the best part of our country. You know? And I think we are trying. Hmm. Yeah. I think you're doing a good job, yeah. too, Mom. Mm. Right, so here's the... I don't think the average person here gets <clears throat> what an orphanage looks like yeah. in Kenya. So let me try, see if I can describe this mm -hmm. a little bit. The orphanage, the, yeah. the home, I, yeah. can't, I can't say orphanage, can I? <laughs> My your, home. Uh, your home yeah. uh, is, is 3,000 square feet, mm -hmm. okay? So that makes sense to some of us because some of us have yeah. homes about that size, yeah. okay? So, but in that 3,000 square feet, mm. you've got your, where you live, mm -hmm. okay? You've got the offices, yeah, huh? okay? You've got the kitchen that makes food for all of these kids. Sure. You've got a room for your kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And with whatever's left over in the 3,000 square, how yeah. many kids do you have in the rest of the house? <laughs> we don't count children in Kenya, but I've got more than 150. So 150. <laughs> so guys, I want you to picture this, okay? Uh, picture the inside of a submarine, okay? So they've got bunk beds. 
that are three high because they have welded bunk beds on top of bunk beds. Okay, so three, a triple bunk bed. And on the bottom bunk in the bunk bed, yeah. you've got three kids. Mm -hmm. You've got little kids and it's head to toe yeah. to head. Okay, yeah. and then on the second level in the bunk bed, yeah. you've got two little bit bigger kids. Yeah. And then when you get to be a teenager, you get to sleep on the top bunk. Yeah. And it's like this all through the house. And it is full now. And it is full. Yeah. It's crazy. It's not crazy because it's better than to sleep in the corner of the street. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other, there, yeah. Okay, the other, the other part is, uh, you think that all of our bathrooms here in America are for sissies, don't you? Because you, you call our toilets, what do you call our toilets? <laughs> it's like a western toilet. Western toilet? Yeah. Because a real toilet is a hole in the ground. A hole in the ground where you have to sweep and balance yourself. Okay, so <laughs> I love that swoop and balance. So picture this, the bathroom is three holes in the ground, 150 kids, all the teachers, all the caregivers, three holes in the ground. And then, just so you don't waste space, yeah. it doubles as a shower. Sure, but you have to care for your soap, your clothing, otherwise... If and you don't want to step on the drain. Yeah, yeah, if at all you are careless, they can go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, when we were there, part of our heart, because we, Mama, we loved what you're doing in ministry. You, it's, it's remarkable what you're doing with these kids. But we looked at the crowded conditions. Yeah. We looked at what, and we said, man, and yeah. you took me out. You walked me next to yeah. you and you said... Lynn, one day we want to put dorms yeah, here. Yeah. And that just, that just grabbed our hearts. Yeah. And so I came back, I, I shared with our people, mm -hmm. and we talked about building these dorms yeah. for mm -hmm. you. And, and guys, the dorms, the dorms will end up being 100 rooms. Now, here's the deal. You and I would call them closets. Yeah. They would call 100 closets. But, but here's, here's the cool part. Mm -hmm. If we can ever get these dorms done, okay, mm -hmm. what does that mean for your kids? That is a miracle which we are praying daily. And uh, last year, when I was here, I promised you that I'm going to work very hard. And right now, I am sure, God willing, if funding doesn't stop, that uh, latest October, we are going to move the boys out of the rooms and uh, they, they are going to sleep on their each one on their bed is a block where there are two houses, and in every block we shall have a mother, and the, the, every block has got four rooms, one for the mother, and other for three for the children. And for their bathrooms, we are putting Western toilet. <laughs> now, you, you told me, Mama, you're gonna have to train these kids how to yeah. use plastic because sometimes these kids decide they have to stand on the toilet and swim. And there's not decide. In Kenya, we don't know about the Western toilet. So, so one thing is that you have to come on the top and squat. So you have to train them that you have to sit down and you don't have to do anything. We will train yeah. them. All right. <laughs> but here's, here's the cool part. Yeah. If, if we can get these dorms done, yeah. then for the first time, these yeah. children are going to sleep one, one to a bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, here's the thing, though, mm. Mom, as we got, when, I, when we came a couple years ago, when yeah. we took this project on, yeah. the cost for the dorms yeah. was about $300,000. Sure. Mm. So I came back, I came to our church, I said, guys, for $300,000, yeah. mm. we can build these dorms, yeah. okay? 
Things have changed. Yeah, so much. Okay. Uh, prices have gone up. Prices have gone so much up. And right now, on May, before I came here, our petrol raced with 10 shillings. And all that 10 shillings is going to be put on the cost of materials, building materials, food. Like now, for the maize flour, which is 2 kilograms, we used to buy at 60 uh, shillings. 60 shillings is like a half a dollar. And right now, we are buying it for a dollar. So everything has just gone well. But we believe God who started this work, that you're not going to leave it unfinished. And we thank you for the path you have prayed, that at least the boys will have a room of their okay, own. So, so we, get, we get this, Mama. I mean, gas is going up yeah. here. We get that everything that goes in that building yeah. gets on a truck. Yeah. You know, prices and, yeah. and, and food has doubled in yeah. cost yeah. in Kenya. You're having yeah. a hard time feeding the kids. Yeah. So... Um, what is what is the estimate that the total cost is going to be now? It is seven hundred dollars. Seven hundred thousand. Seven thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, Mama. Here's what, here's what you need to hear. Is um, we committed to three hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. And we did that out of our flood campaign. Yeah. And and I don't I don't know if you got, when we went to do the flood, the flood was about some mm. expansion we needed to do around here, and then we said as a part of that, yeah. we're going to build this yeah. uh, dormitory for Haruma. We ended up receiving about a third of what we needed for flood. And in the midst of that, our elders looked and said, we still want to do the dorm in Haruma, even though we're getting less than a third of what we need for our project. So we committed to that, Mom, and, and we're, our plan is to do that. We, yeah. uh, we're doing our very, very best yeah. to fulfill that. And, and I think right now, currently, We've given about 180,000 mm -hmm. of the 300. Yeah. But here's, here's what you just need to hear me say. Flood giving has waned recently. So, man, if, if there's any chance that you could help, I don't know if you guys know this, everything you give to the general offering, a portion of that goes to our strategic partners around the world. So part of that goes to Haruma, mm -hmm. our general offering. A part of it goes to Haruma, a part of it goes to Harvest India, all the rest of the missionaries we support. In flood, we're building a dorm mm -hmm. as a part of that. And right now, our receipts are down. Yeah. We're, we, are, we are planning to fulfill the promise we made, Mama, but we've told you it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's tight. Mm. Once we do the 300,000, yeah. I'm going to have to come back and ask, and we're going to have to decide, are, yeah. are we going to do yeah. something more? Mm. Or I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, that's the greatest promise. You know, sometimes you have to hang on promise that we are not going to stop there but we are going to go beyond what we have said. But my prayer is that God will fulfill the desires of your heart. God is going to bless you for what you have done. God is going to bless you for touching my children, even if you do not know them. God give you good health, give you favor, and let me tell you, we pray for you day and night. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, uh, that's okay. You can, you can play. And guys, you just you need to, you need to know that Cornerstone. Those kids in that orphanage, you and I are their lifeline. Mm. I mean, I you don't know what it's like to go over there on a trip and walk in, and their eyes. I mean, it's a pretty powerful thing yeah. when when you get there. You're facing another dilemma, Mom, sure. and that is. Uh, 
when you first started this orphanage, yeah. most of your children yeah. were tiny little babies. Yeah. Tiny, but well, you've had the orphanage for a while. Yeah. Now. You've had the home for a yeah. while now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble. Mama's going to beat me up afterwards. Keep calling it an orphanage. But um, <laughs> uh, your kids are getting older. Yeah. And with older kids, it gets more expensive yeah. because you can't send a kid to the Quality. secular high yeah. school because it's so bad. Yeah. They're not really getting an education. Yeah. Mm. So now you have to send them to yeah. a boarding school, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's more expensive. Yeah. When they finish high school, yeah. then you have to send them to university. Yeah. Which is very Even more expensive yeah. on the deal. Yeah. So now that your kids are aging up, it, yeah. to keep that promise, to keep the vision that yeah. God's given you, yeah. it's getting, it's getting yeah. more expensive, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that's a prayer we prayed from last year. And we thank God because now it is coming to reality. Uh, last year, I shared it with you. I shared it with Marisa and Pastor Lynn. And many of you were touched. And right now, I am proud to say that seven of the children are in, nine of the children are in college. And one of them is our pastor who is pursuing the degree in uh, theology. And what you cannot understand is that college fees is very, very expensive. And you know, I said I would like to empower my children, but when I do them up to grade 12, I've not really empowered them because it's like I've left them hanging. They cannot get absorbed into a job. Uh, but when we do the, the, the college from Form 4, they go to college, they are trained. That is training them with the skills which they can be absorbed by even companies in Kenya. Like now I am proud to say, one of our first, first child who has been sponsored by one of our pastors in Kenya is graduating in December. And already he has been absorbed by one of our companies, so he has got a job. He, is, he will not be a problem to me anymore. So I'm praying that, that you pray for me. Don't get tired. That those who are really good in education, we push them to, uh, to what they want to do so that they can be better leaders and future leaders in our country. Also, while there, we are also praying because there is one year of transition. If, God willing, we can have couples who can be able to give themselves as missionaries in Kenya to come and help me to transit these young men who have left their home because it is the time they get their IDs. It is the time they learn to manage their money alone where to get their money before they go to college. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's here's the thing. You you said college is expensive. Mm. To t to send a kid to college in Kenya, okay. This includes all their mm. uh, all their tuition. Mm. It includes all of their books. Mm. It includes room. Mm. It includes board, mm. and it includes giving them a small stipend to live on is about five thousand a year. Mm. Okay. Stop and think about this. The average income in Kenya is 5000 a year. Imagine if it cost as much to send your child to a year of college as an annual year of your income. And now you've got to do that for four years. Your kids would never go. Imagine how hard it is to get an orphan through college then. But the reality is, guys, you and me, a couple of us teaming up and giving a little bit every month, 
we can send orphans mm. to college mm. to raise them up to be Christian leaders mm. in Kenya. Yeah. Okay, So here, I'm, I'm just going to read this to you. When you guys came in, you got a card like this. And guys, here's what you know. No one's going to guilt you. No one's twisting your arm. We're just, we're just simply saying, would you think about it? Would you pray about it? What you could do to leverage what God has given you to touch an orphan and raise them up to be a future leader mm. for God. Here, here's the thing. $35 a month, and I can sponsor a child. I can give a child at Haruma a place to sleep, a, a place to live. I can give them clothing. Mm. I can give them food for yes. a month and an education yes. for a month. Mm. 35 bucks. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. 35 bucks. Yeah. Okay? If, and here's where we really need help. For the older kids as they're moving. For $70, mm. I, can, I can get a kid a high school education. Sure. I can give them clothes. Mm. I can give them food. Yeah. Everything they need, $70 a month. Yeah. And I can get that done. Mm. And then the college is a little bit harder. But what we're going to do is we're going to pair up like three or mm. four of you, depending on how that works, but three or four of you. And for $140 a yeah. month, then we can send a kid to university. Sure. And we can get this done. Yeah. And we can come alongside and mm. raise up the future leaders of Kenya yeah. to change this country for God. Sure. And we could do that. Yeah. I, to me, that's just amazing, Mom, yeah. that, that we would have that chance. Yeah. What else do you want to say to us? What do you want to say to Cornerstone? Today? Yeah, I, you know, there is a proverb in our language It says, one person, you cannot break a stick. But, uh, but when you are many, or one finger cannot break a stick. But when there are two fingers, you can be able to break. So it takes two fingers to break a stick. So alone, I cannot be able to educate that children. But with many of you praying and helping me, God will come in such a way which you don't know. And what I am saying, it's not in vain. God says in Proverbs 19, verse 17, that whoever gives to the needy is leading to God, is giving alone to God. And you know, for those who take loans, every loan is paid back. And God says he is not a debtor of any person. It is our prayer that God shall give you the desires of your hearts. What you want to do, God is going to give you. Thank you so much for reaching out to somebody you don't know. Thank you for being their brothers. Thank you for being their sisters. And may God bless you so much. I live on Wednesday. May God bless you so much. May you give me greeting for my children. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. We love you, Mom, Thank so you. much. I think you guys were going to sing for us, right? Yeah. Okay. All the, right, here we go. Yeah. This is my daughter, Caroline. Caroline has been here for the last now two years. She is the daughter of Pastor Lynn and Mama Lynn. I don't know how they take it, but really, I know that God has touched them, and thank you for helping her. We are, we are going to sing with her this song. This song we have been singing because I am singing until I build my domes, by the way. And <laughs> we are praying that your presence go with us, you king of kings. If you are not going with us, we, shall not going, we are not going to come out of here. For we cannot go on our own. May you go with us. We are going to sing it with our... 
tang ya ya kiswahili tunaomba uwepo wako wende nasi ewe bwana wa majeshi utusikie kama Hatuwaki kutoka hapa Hatuwezi peke yetu enda nasi Tunaomba uwepo wako uende nasi Ewe bwana wa majeshi utusikie Kama huendi nasi Hatutaki kutoka hapa Hatuwezi peke yetu enda nasi Tutavua mapambo yetu Vitu vyote vya thamani kwetu Vyoyo yetu tualeta mbele zako Tutakaze na Thank you, Mama. So, guys, bottom line, this is this is what we're about. This is this is to make Jesus famous. And you and I are not gonna get this done alone. And our partners. Our partners on the other side of the world, literally, in Kenya, Africa, uh, is an orphanage. Uh, we got some others, but this is one of them. And guys, I'm just telling you, as you and I consider how to use our resources this next year, upgrading our cell phone, or, or walking down the mall and stopping in a couple unexpected shops, it's never going to have the impact that if you and I were to leverage part of what we have to change the lives of Kenyan orphans who are being challenged to grow up as mature followers of Jesus and change their country for God. Guys, this, just, this is what we're supposed to be about. So look, no twisting arms, but would you pray about it? Would you consider, and some in this room are gonna say this is exactly what God wants me and mine to do. If you fill this out, do not drop it in the offering plate. If you do that, you're just gonna confuse us all over the place. If you fill it out, we've got a table out there on the patio. Take the card, take anything you're giving today out to that table, do that there so that we can make sure it goes exactly where it's supposed to go, okay? All right, let's pray real quick. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you for a little woman named Mama Sapora, and thank you for a God-sized vision and, and Lord, we're, we're going to do what we're supposed to do here in Chandler, and we're going to make you famous. We're going to tell our friends, and we're going to tell our neighbors and our relatives this incredible story of a Savior. We're going to grow up. Uh, we're going to grow up ourselves. We're going to grow up our children. We're going to grow up our friends here at church. We're going to grow up to be fully devoted, just sold-out followers of you. But God, thank you that we're not the only ones, and thank you 
for Mama and what's happening there in Kenya with these orphans. And God, would you just give us the privilege of partnering with her and doing a little bit? God, would you maybe even give us the opportunity to finish those dorms for them? But God, we give you the moment. I ask you to speak to the people in this room that you would lay it on their hearts if they're the ones that are supposed to be part of this. And we give you the moment in Jesus' precious name. Amen.